0: left fielders this is the infielder spotlight podcast powered by left field investors our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently let's go
1: welcome to the infielder spotlight episode where one of our infielders shared their story with host chad ackerman Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through possibly investing in real assets that generate real cash flow.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Infielder Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is infielder Tyson Miller. Tyson, welcome to the show. Hello, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Again, we're setting up this podcast to kind of share stories from different infielders across the community, just because we think there's value in hearing other people's stories. I know I've taken a lot from what I've learned from people so far, but let's start with the basics. Where are you from? What do you do for a living? That kind of thing.
2: I'm a Southern boy. I was born in the South, South Carolina, currently live in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. lived here for 30 years, I believe. Background is in IT, owned and operated an IT consulting firm for about 20 years, and not really doing that anymore. I still do some IT consulting, but if I had to label a profession, it would really be full time passive investor for the most part.
0: That's the stories
2: we're looking for. So that's great.
0: <laughs> so take us on that journey then. How does IT consultant end up in passive investing full time and that kind of thing?
2: Well, it was a little bit of a winding story. I mean, you you know, the investing is typical of most started with stocks and in the stock market. I I had the pleasure of living through the dot-com bubble, although I didn't have a ton of money in the market then, but also lived through 08 and that one hurt. Yeah. You know, continued really to only be a market investor up until I would say around 2013, 2014 in the idea first started with really looking for other streams of income. It started with just diversifying income, because I had so much in my business, and the business is doing well, but I was just looking for something else, and, and also to diversify away from the stock market. Well, you know, funny enough, the first thing I found as far as that was uh, getting more active in the stock market with, <laughs> with options trading,, you know, and this is again back in 1213. And I kind of got into that, but after a year or two of that, I had to tap myself on the shoulder and remind myself that, hey, you're missing the diversification part. This wasn't what you're trying to do. So that was around the time, we're probably at about 2014 now, that was around the time when the Jobs Act passed. Yes. So I started finding other, really, I was looking at them more as as investments at that point in time. I think the first thing I stumbled across was typically your peer-to-peer lending stuff, Prosper Lending Club, I got into a little bit. And I also came across the first platform that I did in real estate related was Real Crowd and found a multifamily investment. I didn't know anything about it, just basically pictures look pretty, numbers look pretty. I clicked the buy button. It was honestly that. And that one worked out really well, but I had a period of time there after that. So I did that one investment and that was probably fourteen ish time frame, and I did that investment, then I got distracted again with business and whatnot and it wasn't until I would say two thousand and seventeen when I was starting to think about exiting the business okay that I started thinking again about cash flow and real estate really floated to the top as far as that cash flow is concerned. I got into A few more syndications early on, but then I went down the bigger pockets path Yes, and ended up owning uh, quite a number of single family rentals. Would do that differently, I would say, to put it nicely. Uh, Do not own those anymore, but did that for a couple of years, but also parallel to that started investing in first multifamily, which really spoke to me, made sense. And then as I built up capital in that, I started diversifying into the other asset classes that we all know, the mobile home parks, the self-storage, so on and so forth.
0: That's quite a journey. I mean, that's a diverse background of investing that you've been through, right field, left field, center field, all of them. What has been kind of the pros and cons, I guess, of the passive investing world for you that you've progressed there just in general? How do you feel that's shaped up against the others that you enjoy it more?
2: cash flow I, I mean, related I, I, fitting to your well, goals. Well, i like the passive but the the problem that i had with the passive that i've gotten over still a little bit is i'm a control freak <laughs> and it's tough for me to turn over control and put that trust in someone else being an entrepreneur yeah. and then you know the foray into the stock market trading and and you know having my hand on the trigger it was tough to put that trust. So that was probably the biggest challenge to overcome. Understandable. What were the steps
0: that helped you get through that? And are you comfortable with
2: it now? Is that Yes, comfortable with Good. it now, but it was really about building relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really about, it, it took me a while to come to the understanding that this is still all about relationships and it's all about getting comfortable with a specific operator, you know, no different than a business partner. Yeah. And
0: not only the operator side, but I are you leaning on community more too? Does
2: that help? Today with, I am. You know. I mean, Leftfield has been a tremendous help. And I'm only, you know, I've only been a member for a handful of months, but it's great to have like minded investors to speak with and, and talk to. You know, other resources that kind of got me down this path was really podcast. I'm a podcast junkie. So I, you know, eat, sleep, breathe and listen to podcasts. So, right. so it was just constantly just finding little nuggets of information out of podcasts as you listen. And, and some of them are really bad that, yeah. that you get on, you but sometimes you can get a name of another podcast. And then from that, you get a name of an operator and, and you start to at least have conversations. That's kind of how I eventually started before I got into the communities. No, I think that's fair. I
0: I started with podcasts and audiobooks is what got me engaged in it and kind of flipped the switch that got me to where I am today, too. That Just to hear, again, hear those stories and find people to reach out to because the community seems very open and involved, engaged, which helped me get started, too. I'd be remiss not to ask, what's your top one or two podcasts you enjoy?
2: Well, I like Jim's podcast. Oh, good. Uh, The Left Fielder (laughs) podcast is a good one. I would say, uh, because I'm still very heavily multifamily, I like the best ever real estate podcast, uh, Joe and the Ashcroft Group.
0: Yep. Very good. Jim would ask you if you were on the other podcast, so I'm beating him to the punch, trying to get that information now.
3: Hello, Left Fielders. This is Jim Pfeiffer, one of the founders of Left Field Investors, Honestly, I can't believe how far we've come from our initial start with 12 members. We've grown and learned a lot. None of this would be possible without our amazing community members and partners. I want to personally thank you for being part of the left field community. I'm constantly amazed by the quality of people that join our group and their willingness to give back to the community and share their knowledge. From the most experienced investor to those who are brand new, we all learn from each other. That is the power of community. Thank you for supporting Left Field Investors. So again, a very
0: diverse and strong background in a lot of different areas. Part of what we do this podcast for is to help newer people as they're getting started in it, give them some encouragement, some lessons learned and so forth. Out of all that background that you've had, Can you speak to some lessons you've learned that might be helpful or some advice to people that are trying to get started that have followed somewhat of a similar path at the very least coming from the W2 side and the stock market side and trying to gauge in all the shiny objects on the passive side? Anything that comes to mind that would be helpful for
2: Yeah, there probably probably two items that would come to mind as far as major lessons that I've learned, and and I spoke on it earlier. Number one is it's all about the sponsor and the relationship in that sponsor, and it took me, you know, know, we say the no like and trust avenue, but it it took me a long time to realize that. Early on, you know, even kind of in the in the second round of passive investing, I was very focused on the deal and and how pretty the deal was and how pretty the numbers were. Sometimes even how pretty the pictures were, you know, honestly would sucker me into some deals uh, at times that I probably shouldn't have gotten into. It took me a while to build those relationships and understand that it's the operator first, it's the trust first. So, you know, I would say, you know, focus on that, focus on those relationships. I think the second major lesson I've learned along the way that I would caution people is to have patience. And that's a downfall of mine. But the biggest mistakes I've made in the passive investing space has been trying to be too quick at deploying capital Mm -hmm. and and trying to hit a number, hit a yield number, hit a monthly income number, something of that has gotten me into some deals where, quite frankly, I've lost money. So I constantly have to remind myself that there's always going to be another deal. There's always going to be another opportunity. Don't get the FOMO. You know, don't get caught up in even other people that are jumping on a deal. Make sure it's a fit for you. You know, people that are first getting into some of these deals sometimes talk about how nervous they are sending that wire the first time, which is true. Yeah, exactly. But I kind of look at it now after doing it many times. I want to make sure that when I go to send that wire that I'm excited about sending that wire. If I'm not excited about sending that wire, something's wrong and I need to take a step back. Listen to your gut at all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I, I equate that even almost to goal setting for yourself, too. And the more clearly you can define your goals, then the more disciplined you can be about following through. I chased the shiny object when I did my first passive as well. It was a neat building in Cleveland, 17 stories. This looks like a cool project. Well, it had nothing to do with my goals. I think I've said this on the podcast before. But, you know, it'll still be okay, but when I sit and look at it now, I'm like, I never should have gotten into that deal, probably. It'll be good, but it doesn't really help with what my goals are today. It'll help down the road, but it wasn't exactly aligned, if you will.
2: Right. And it takes a while to figure out what those goals are.
0: Absolutely. Well, they'll change on you, right, as Mm -hmm. well. They got to be somewhat flexible. Be firm, but, you know, life changes, so you've got to keep up with what your current needs are, too. Exactly. That's good. So all the different pod or asset classes that you've been through, where do you feel like your favorite asset class is these days if you have a
2: favorite? Your, your... It's it's by far multifamily. multifamily I still I love the the larger class B, class A multifamily and I'll even do because it's all about portfolio diversification now mm-hmm. too. So I want to get different asset classes in there. But I'd say the majority, or, or at least fifty percent of my portfolio, still sits in multifamily. But I'll even sit on the debt side on some of those just for a little bit more safety, a little bit more stable cash flow, and you know fits my situation and what I need right now.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that makes sense. That seems like a sweet spot. What's interesting right now is just watching interest rates go up and. Cap rates come down and see what that looks like in the multifamily, because it seems like it maybe is feeling it a little bit more than the self-storage and the mobile home park and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer there's deals in any economy. You may have to look harder and under- crunch the numbers a little more and that kind of thing. Really trust your sponsor. Be comfortable with it too. But you ought to be able to find something about any economy, it seems like. but
2: Right, exactly. But again, go back to that patience. Don't rush. There you
0: go. Take time. Right. That's the beauty of the lazy ten thirty one, as we call it. At least you got twelve months to reinvest cash. Well, if, if you got it back in January, anyway. But you got a longer period of time. You aren't in as big of a rush. So, what are the next steps for you? Where are you headed in the near future?
2: I mean, I want to. Con- obviously, I want to continue passively. You know, I'm fairly young. I'm mid forties. So even though uh, you know I'm doing this passive full time, I can't really use the R word. <laughs> so. You know, I want to continue down the passive route and and focus on that. And I'm very active in the passive route. I mean, I spend a considerable amount of time on my passive portfolio, just just mapping out next steps, vetting sponsors, whatnot. I think you know what excites me is being able to potentially venture out as far as next steps, meaning. Some of these, what are now considered fringe asset classes, mm-hmm. the car washes of the world, and some of those, yeah, you know, those may become more mainstream as far as passive. They may not, but those interest me. So I'd like to get into the flow of those a little bit more, mm-hmm. understand those a little bit more down the road. You know, then then at some point, I would like to do. The best way to phrase it is be a little more, little more active in the passive world. But I don't know what that is. You know, I don't have a desire to be a syndicator or a promoter or raise money or a fund manager or educate. You know, I don't have any desire to do any of those. So, but I would like to be more active in the space, but it's just going to have to be one of those things where I'll know it when I see it. That's fair. Be patient for it.
0: Wait for it to get to you.
2: There you go. There we go. (laughs) No, that's great. I really appreciate
0: you coming on, Tyson. Really appreciate how active you've been with our community. You've been very involved in a lot of things with us already. We really appreciate that, the support you've given us, the value you've added already through conversations, mound visits. You're going to blog for us hopefully here soon too. So we really appreciate you getting involved and helping us out with that as well. So thank you.
2: Yeah, Chad, and I'd say thank you for your time and efforts on the community. I mean, it is, you know, even for someone like me that has a lot of experience coming into the community, I've gotten so much out of it. And couple of months that I've been involved just in relationships and new sponsors and, you know, again, just like-minded folks. So kudos to the community you've built and the hard work you put into it. Thank you. Appreciate that. So yeah, more to come.
0: (laughs) Well, very good. Again, Tyson, thank you for coming. Thank you everybody for listening in and we'll see you next time in the spotlight.
3: Since you are here listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're investing with a group of people. Whether you're investing with family or friends or like-minded people in the left field investors community, group investing is a strategy that can get you into more deals, help you diversify, and go beyond what you can achieve by yourself. Before TribeVest came along, it was difficult to overcome all the hurdles associated with group investing. It was basically a strategy reserved for the wealthy, not anymore. Now, TribeBest helps your group with everything from incorporation, collaboration, banking, and equity management tools all in a single place. So you can focus on building wealth with the people you know, like, and trust. I'm using TribeVest for all five, now six, of my investor tribes. It's a game changer. Check them out at Tribebest.com.
0: Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com.
1: Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Leftfield podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show.